Praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Grab your Bibles. Let's get ready for a marvelous Bible study today concerning the secret and the fear of the Lord. I promise you today the Lord is going to help you to understand a little bit more about what the fear of the Lord is. And uh, we'll see some things in the Word. I promise you the Lord has uh, given me to give to you. And I, I guarantee it's going to bring some clarity to, these, to this very topic that we need to understand. We need understanding in the body of Christ today. This is going to be part six of the secret and the fear of the Lord, all based off of really uh, Psalms 25 and 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he shows them his covenant. Praise be to God. It's going to be a great uh, uh, session today. But before we get started, let me remind you that everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded to the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. Also, the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. There you can see uh, several things. We are uh, pretty soon going to redo our website uh, and uh, we're going to get to working on that pretty soon and it's it's old and and uh, there's nothing wrong with it but it's old and it, and it needs a little help and we have a store that you can enter on the website again thecrosswaychurch.com and in that store there's 12 13 books commentaries sister angel pieces cd is there and now under the gift products tab, uh, when you go into the store, you'll find uh, the ebook uh, concerning Let's Talk About Righteousness. It is our most uh, popular, most uh, sold little booklet that we've, uh, you know, got that we've, you know, sold here at the ministry. And let's talk about righteousness. You can get the the paperback edition, or you can now. Just download the ebook and uh, do with it what you will. So anyway, we're just excited about doing that sort of thing even more so in the future if the Lord tarries. And uh, we believe he's coming today, but if he doesn't, then it'll be tomorrow. But while we have today, we're told to walk in the light and to occupy the land. And that means with the gospel, that's what we're doing. So praise the Lord. Again, this is going to be part six of the secret and the fear of the Lord. And I want us to begin this morning in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. And uh, this is going to be a great, great broadcast. And I went to bed last night with a, a couple, uh, with a scripture that we'll get to in just a moment, not this one. Uh, that I was, uh, you know, not, not uh, walking in the understanding that I needed uh, to, to be comfortable in my spirit with. And, and I'll explain that to you as we get there. But I want to begin today with this Bible verse in Proverbs 8 and verse 13 that says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, colon, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate? Now, this is the Lord speaking through Solomon the writer. He's talking about he's talking about himself. He says, the fear of the Lord. Whose fear is it? It's the Lord value. 
the fear of the Lord, the value of the Lord, is to hate evil. And our hatred of evil is equivalent to our love for the truth and righteousness. Only to the degree that we love truth and righteousness will we be found hating evil. You, you, you and I, we, 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 our, hate, our hate for evil is, is the same, it's same, it's equated with, it's all determined, I should be saying, on our love for the truth of God's word and his righteousness. If our love for the truth and his righteousness is what it should be, then our hate for evil will be what it should be. You need to remember that. So say I hate evil, but not to love the truth and his righteousness is just words, and we'll see why that can be here in just a few minutes today. Let's read it again this morning. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. What is evil? Here it is. Pride, arrogancy, and the evil way, which is any way other than the way of God's salvation, meaning the way of his <coughs> son, Jesus Christ, and what he did at Calvary. Any other way than that for any salvation, any part of God's saving grace, whether it's an initial salvation or experiential salvation along the way, if it's not through faith in the sacrifice of Christ, God sees that as an evil way because it's not His way. Jesus said He is the only way to the Father, and how He got back to the Father is through the sacrifice. He showed us. He's the door open to us at the cross. And so not just the door to get to the Father when we die, but the door to get to the Father in prayer, in worship, in praise, in giving, in ministry, in service. Everything goes through the cross or it's not of God. That's just scriptural truth. And it's too bad the church gets mad when they hear things like that today. But it's true. The Holy Spirit is always delivering those who are alive, meaning Christians, unto death. 2 Corinthians 4.11. You might as well get used to hearing that uh, until Jesus comes because that's what God has said his ministers need to be focused on is... Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Now, all, most ministers are not hearing the Lord today, and that's obvious. But those who are are pointing to where the Lord is pointing and where he's delivering us always, which is the death of Jesus, so that death, that death can be working in us, and out of that death we can express the Lord Jesus Christ through these mortal bodies. That's what 2 Corinthians 4, 11, 12, and verse 13 reveal if, if you're living by faith. Hallelujah. So watch this now. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And remember, when you look at what we've looked at already, the, the fear of the Lord is, is where you have to be walking in experiences. Remember at last session, holiness is perfected in the fear of the Lord. A strong confidence is found in the fear of the Lord. We departed from the snares of death by the fear of the Lord. That's Proverbs 14, 26, and 27. And go back and listen to the other 
uh, uh, sessions on this particular series. And if you're, if you're after truth because you love truth, the Lord will put truth in your heart and guide you into more truth. Hallelujah. But I want us to see something today. Uh, we needed to start here to see this, that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. You're going to need this where we're going. You're going to need this scripture as, uh, to know this, to see this, and to have a hold of this before we move on to where the Lord is going to take us today to reveal something very powerful to us today. And that's, this is what it is. There is a difference between fearing the Lord after the flesh and fearing the Lord after the Spirit. You're going to see it in the Bible today. You, many people fear God, but they don't have the fear of God. Many people fear the Lord, but they're not walking in the fear of the Lord. And I'll show it to you in the scriptures today. But first, let's read this again because we got to have a hold of this before we move on. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. It's the, like the joy of the Lord. If we got access to it, it's the Lord's. Jesus said, you can't do anything without me, John 15 and 5. And he also said, when I send the comforter, he will show you things of mine. He will show you things of mine. We have nothing, nothing, and can do nothing without Christ, meaning partaking of him. He, the lamb, partaking of the lamb, eating his flesh, drinking his blood, that's why I stand by what I say according to the scriptures. There can be no impartation of scripture in, into the heart of man unless it comes through faith in the sacrifice. It's not going to happen. We can get together and put on a good show, and some people have great memories, and, and they can memorize scripture and quote it like it is a move of God, my friend. But if it is not focused on the Lamb, you can talk scripture all day long, but the Bible says we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, but yet that life is found in the blood. Hallelujah. That new covenant experience, Jesus said, is in his blood, not because of it only, but because of it and in his blood. Amen. You say, well, we got saved by the blood. Now the blood really don't have anything to do. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, talking about you and him, and the blood of Jesus, the blood cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness. Now, if you're with the Joseph Prince folks who teach you don't even have to repent, which is unbiblical, unscriptural, and they have a huge following because there's a huge following of people who are not believing the Bible. Or they're twisting it for their own destruction. But that's for saved people, not lost people. Lost people aren't walking with the Lord. Lost people aren't walking with the Lord. Nobody's walking with the Lord unless they're walking in the light, meaning the truth of who he is and what he did at Calvary because it's our righteousness in Christ that's been made our light. Psalms 37, 6, write it down. Shout the high praises of God. Read it later. Watch this now one more time before we move on. The fear of the Lord. Oh, you need to see that. The fear of the Lord. Not just fearing the Lord, 
the fear of the Lord. You'll see the difference today is to hate evil. See, if it's the fear of the Lord, and to prove it, look, look, at, look at the very end of the verse. Do I hate? Pride, arrogancy, the evil way, and the froward mouth. Do I hate? It's his fear. It's Christ's value of God. In God's way, he valued so highly that he was perfectly humble, perfectly obedient, perfectly laying his life down, and perfectly raising it up again because he feared. The Bible says that in, in what is it, Hebrews 5, 7, and 8 right there. And that even when, he, when, he, when he was praying and crying out strongly uh, there, he, he, the Bible says there in Hebrews that he, he was heard in that he feared. He was heard in that he feared. That means his value was the value of God that he had in his heart, the value of his father that was greater than the value of anything else, the father and the father's will. You need to understand that. So one more time, and you'll understand why. The fear of the Lord. Whose fear is it? It's the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth, do I hate. He's describing what he hates. That's what the fear of the Lord hates. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, colon. What evil? Arrogancy, pride, the evil way, which covers everything other than your boast in the lamb slain. Galatians six fourteen. And the froward mouth, meaning the perverse mouth, do I hate. That's the Lord. I hate. So watch this now. Let's move on now. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 11. I struggle with this for a while, but the struggle is over and I have a little more light in this because I promise you, my friends, when your heart desires to know truth, you, it's guaranteed you're going to know truth. You're going to know truth because the Lord wants you to know truth more than you want to know truth. His desire for you to know and walk in truth far exceeds our desire. But the promise is if we'll delight ourselves in the Lord, He will give us the desire. He will give us the desires of our heart. Amen. And that word delight means to have a pliable and formable heart. Think about that. If we delight in the Lord, that means if our hearts are pliable and formable to Him, then, then He can put His desires in our hearts. Amen. Watch this now. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Now, I'm not going back to read a bunch of verses in Isaiah 11. I'll give you that homework assignment to do. But this is prophetic of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And watch this. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. The, the, listen, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, these are attributes of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. 
the, the, that's why it's the, there's a difference between the fear of the Lord and then someone just fearing the Lord. This is important. This is very important. And I'm going to show you the difference in the scriptures today. And you're going to be shouting the high praises of God, I promise you, if you have ears to hear in a spirit-taught heart. There's a difference between fearing the Lord, because you can do that after the flesh. And you won't serve him properly if, that, if you're fearing God. Some people give tithes and offerings because they fear God after the flesh. Like you might strike them dead if they don't give. But yet other aspects of their life are nowhere near serving God and not even striving to serve God. And we'll see, we're going to see that in the Bible today. Why don't you just say, I love the truth. Hallelujah. I love the truth. I got a Bible, hallelujah. I've got a Bible, hallelujah, to the Lamb. Man, I'm so thankful I got a Bible that I'm not just wandering around trying to figure everything out on my own. God saved me through the giving of His Son. He's given us His Holy Spirit. He will guide us into all truth. He will liberate us step by step if we'll follow Him. So let's read this again because what we want to understand here is that the, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is, is one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit who is God, the only one who can give us the value of God is God himself, and all that rested upon Christ. Let's read it again, because here he's prophetically speaking about Jesus Christ. He says, And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So we see here that the fear of the Lord is a part of the work of the Holy Spirit that rests upon Christ. I believe the Apostle Paul knew this when he was crying out for his th God to deliver him from the thorn in his flesh, which, by the way, God had given him, and to keep him humble because of all the revelation he was receiving. And the Lord finally told Paul after his third uh, beseeching God to remove the thorn from his flesh, he told him, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness, describing how grace would function in his life. And then Paul understands this and says, Okay, then I'll just glory right here in my weakness, in my infirmity, hallelujah, because I'd rather have, <coughs> I'd rather have the Spirit of Christ resting upon me. I'd rather have the Spirit of Christ resting upon me with a thorn in my flesh. I'd rather have your strength being made perfect in my weakness than me being found strong in and of myself without the Spirit of Christ resting on me. This is important, my friends. And we're going to see something as we go back into the Old Testament here in just a moment that will help us to understand what I believe the Lord wants us to see today. The first thing is, we saw it already in Proverbs 8 and 13. The fear of the Lord, if it's the fear of the Lord, 
it hate it hate there's a hatred for evil there and and the, and really again let me say it a true scriptural hatred for evil in the heart of the child of god is based is really uh based on a love for the truth and the right way which is god's way of righteousness amen listen even the world hates evil if it's happening to them now if they're the ones committing it uh, they still hate evil but they've got a different mindset on it they just hate evil that's happening to them you understand uh, but the fear of the lord if it's the Lord's fear, the fear of the Lord functioning in our lives, then there's going to be a hatred for evil. Number two, that the fear of the Lord is a part of the, the Holy Spirit's work in the life of the believer. Now, let's go back. Let's go back in, uh, I believe it was 2 Kings. I, I've written it down here. No, first, first. Let's go to Exodus. Let's go to the book of Exodus, chapter 14. And let's look, starting in verse 27. Not going to read the whole story. You'll know what story, is, what story it is. God opening the Red Sea for the children of Israel to be delivered by him. The water-making walls. Bible says on dry ground. And, and, and all, is, all Egypt's army totally destroy it watch this now and listen carefully to the wording as we read the scriptures here for it's far more than a historical story but here the lord will desire to impart truth into your heart to, to help the path he puts you on to become brighter and for you to experience more of who he is through faith in what he did at calvary watch this now exodus chapter 14 verse 27 and Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea. And the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots, and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea. Where are we at here? And the waters returned, verse 28, and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. Now you're talking about a mighty story right here, a mighty reality. Not one of the soldiers or the chariots of all of Egypt remained. They were all destroyed. Verse 29. But the children of Israel walked upon dry ground in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. Here it comes now. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared 
the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Get this now. The people, when they saw this great work of salvation, which portrayed the coming Messiah and what he would do at Calvary, becoming our way through, our escape from the enemy, out of his hand. Remember, the fear of the Lord is to be delivered from the snares of death. Proverbs uh, 24, uh, I'm sorry, Proverbs, what is it? Uh, 14, 26, and 27. The fear of the Lord is a strong confidence and the fear of the Lord delivers us from the snares of death. Proverbs 14, 26, and 27. I believe that's right. But anyway, this picture, this experience for them of God's saving grace to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians caused them to fear, reverence the Lord and to believe the Lord and his servant Moses. Remember, they were griping. They were complaining. They were looking at what they thought was the end. Remember, the, the cross of Christ appeared to be the end, but it was really Christ making an entirely brand new uh, uh, creation for all eternity right there on the cross. He made our way through. The Bible says in his own flesh he became the veil unto God, our way into God, right there on the cross. He did it all. And that is where, if that's where our faith is, then we will fear the Lord by the Spirit of the Lord. It'll be the fear of the Lord, and we will believe the Lord, and we will hate evil, arrogancy, pride, uh, uh, every evil way, uh, the evil way, which was every way other than the cross of Christ. Look, they believed, they feared the Lord, they believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Today for us, it's we fear the Lord because we've see, we see what he did to save us and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord is working in and through us and on us and we believe the Lord and the one he sent, Jesus Christ, his son. Hallelujah. Now, that was where I wanted us to look in the Old Testament here in Exodus to see that the one thing we need to see is, is that when you're beholding the salvation of God, your eye is on that which he saved you. And I'm talking, this in the Old Covenant was a type and shadow of the cross of Christ. For everybody in the New Covenant, the, the salvation of God is in the New Covenant because of the New Covenant that Jesus said is in His blood. It's nowhere else to be found. It's only in His blood. That means through faith in His cross. That's why Galatians 6.14 tells us, God forbid that we boast in anything other than the cross of Christ where we were crucified to the world that means saved from it and the world crucified to us, separated from us, hallelujah, to the Lamb. So now I want us to go to the book of uh, Leviticus. I'm sorry, I don't know why I keep thinking Leviticus. Second Kings, Second Kings, you're going to love this today. Second Kings chapter 17 and verse 32. And I want to read a few verses here today. Uh, And, and, and see, if you don't understand that the difference between fearing the Lord 
in some fleshly fear rather than or versus having the fear of the Lord, then you won't understand this. And this is why the psalmist would pray, teach me the fear of the Lord. Teach me to reverence you. Teach me your value, O Lord. This is so important because many people today fear the Lord, but only after the flesh. If I don't do this, if I don't do that, if I don't pay, if I don't give, if I don't go, if I don't do, then God might get me. You know, that's, 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 that's the fear, that's fearing the Lord after the flesh. There is the fear of the Lord that is one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit working in your life because that spirit rests exclusively upon Christ. And we have to be partaking of Christ to be experiencing not fearing the Lord after the flesh, but having the fear of the Lord in our lives. Watch this in 2 Kings 17, and we'll just begin in verse 32. So they feared the Lord. But look at what they did when they feared the Lord. Look at what, look at what they did when they feared the Lord. They made unto themselves of the lowest of them priests of the high places. It's a sinful act which sacrificed for them in the houses of the high places. That's evil. So that's not the fear of the Lord. But it says they feared the Lord. That means they reverenced the Lord, but they also made unto themselves of the lowest of them, priests of the high places, which sacrificed for them in the houses of the high places. They feared, look, they feared the Lord and served their own gods. That's not the fear of the Lord, but they feared the Lord. See, there's a difference between fearing the Lord and having the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. These things they're doing, though they feared the Lord, were evil. They feared the Lord. They, they, there was some value in their heart for the Lord, but not enough to, to be obedient. Not enough to be obedient. And I wrote this down, and I'm going to read this right now. Before we started today, the fear of the Lord is how God is valued in the heart of man. But when, it, but, but when the fear, this fear draws men to worship, it is the fruit of Christ's Spirit. See, there is, a, there is an unbiblical fear that's one of, the, one of the things that the Bible says will keep men out of heaven. One of the things that will not inhabit heaven is fear. But there is a biblical fear of the Lord. Let me read that again. The fear of the Lord is how God is valued in the heart of man that draws men to worship and obedience. It's the fruit of the Spirit because you can't do it on your own. Can't do it after the flesh. So here we're going to see these, these people feared the Lord but served other gods. 
Their disobedience proved their fear or reverence to the Lord was only after the flesh and not after the Spirit. If the fear of God had been of the Spirit, they would have hated evil. So fleshly fearing the Lord is not the fear of the Lord. Now let's finish reading this and you'll see a better picture of this. I hope you're staying with me now. Let, let's go back. I, I, I don't like to get in a hurry now because I understand that whatever I've read, when I read it again, there is another opportunity for the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, to impart something into my heart that I missed. Let's read verse 32 and then we'll keep moving this time. So they feared the Lord and made unto themselves of the lowest of them priests of the high places which sacrificed for them in the houses of the high places, sin. They feared the Lord and served their own gods after the manner of the nations whom they carried away from there. Now he's talking about Israel here. You do know that, right? Let's read that again. They feared the Lord and served their own gods after the manner of the nations whom they carried away from there. Unto this day they do after the former manners. They fear not the Lord. Neither do they after their statutes or after their ordinances or after the law and commandment which the Lord commanded the children of Jacob whom he named Israel. That means they're living blatant sinful lives. And he says here, they fear not the Lord. Verse 35 with whom the Lord had made a covenant, the people of Israel, and charged them, saying, You shall not fear other gods. You shall not reverence, bow before, serve, honor other gods, nor bow yourselves to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. But that's what they were doing. But the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt with great power and an uh, uh, with great power and a stretched out arm, him shall you fear. Hold in awesome reverence is what that means. And him shall you worship, and to him shall you do sacrifice. And the statutes and the ordinances and the law and the commandment which he wrote for you, people of Israel, you shall observe to do forevermore, and you shall not fear other gods. Now watch. And the covenant that I've made with you, you shall not forget. It's a command. Neither shall you fear other gods. You are not to reverence, honor, bow before, serve, offer sacrifice to anybody else but Jehovah. Watch now verse 39. But the Lord your God you shall fear, and he shall deliver you out of the hand of all your enemies. Watch now. For verse 40. How be it they did not hearken, but they did after their former manner. So these nations feared the Lord. Here it is again. So these nations feared the Lord and served their graven images. 
There's your proof right there. You can have you can have some fear of the Lord, but it not be the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to be obedient. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and instruction. Listen, the preaching of the cross is the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. The, 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 the preaching of the cross is the wisdom of God and the power of God. Watch now, verse 41 isn't, isn't this such a revelation, such a, 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 a clarity, light shining today for those who have spirit-tall hearts, uh, th those who want to know the difference between, or maybe you didn't even know, that a lot of people fear the Lord, but they're living disobedient lives. Watch, let's read it. Verse 41 of 2 Kings 17, that might be Old Covenant, but it, we see it in the New Covenant too. So these nations feared the Lord and served their graven images, both their children and their children's children, as did their fathers, so do they unto this day. They fear the Lord. They have some value of the Lord, but they also served other gods. And that means that their fear of the Lord, because they also feared other gods, had no value. It had no value because it was not the fear of the Lord. So let's go back now to uh, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. We can get there. That says, the fear of the Lord... Not to fear the Lord, but the fear of the Lord. And we proved in the scriptures, we saw it with our own eyes, that the, 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 the fear of the Lord is the working of the Holy Spirit, according to Isaiah 11 and 2. It's the Spirit of, it's the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that rests upon Christ and its attributes, its workings. One of those is the fear of the Lord that hates evil to such a degree because of the love of the Father to such a degree that He would love us so much and hate evil so much that He would lay His life down for the world. Let me say this today. God hates evil. Nobody hates evil more than God. And it takes the fear of the Lord to hate evil properly, to turn from the evil way. You can fear God and give money to God. You could, you could, you know what I mean? I mean, in the Old Testament, I believe it's the book of Ezekiel, we see that God's people went and offered their own children on the altars of other gods and then kill, putting their own children to death hoping these other gods might send rain, might do something for them and the same day they would return and go in the temple and worship God. Well, God didn't receive that worship. God didn't receive that worship because if, if all we do is fear God from a fleshly fear because we're afraid God might strike us dead or, or, or we might not get something we want. Or, or, 
that's not the same as the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the Holy Spirit at work in our lives bringing us into a place where we're seeing a greater enhancement of our salvation by the Lamb of God. And it's causing us, as we saw the people of Israel being brought through the Red Sea, a type of us being brought through from darkness to light, from being bound in sin to being now dead unto sin and alive in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a difference there. There's a difference. And when our faith is in, we're looking at that which God did to save us. Let's go back again and look at that in Exodus. It's a beautiful picture, Exodus 14, in the last verse of that chapter, Exodus 14 and verse 31. And Israel, this is God bringing them through the Red Sea, the mightiest miracle in the Old Testament, it has to be. If not, it's equated to, to another. But God opening, it, it's, it must be the greatest miracle because it's the one God uh, reminded them of often that I'm the one that delivered you out of the, the Egypt. And it was by the blood, by the way, that was put on the doorpost, not any of the miracles. That was just, that was just unpowering or, or, or un, it was dethroning Pharaoh in his own eyes, that letting him know he wasn't God, and there's only one, and it's the one who sent Moses to get his people out of Egypt. So uh, this had to be the greatest miracle. The Red Sea opening up, the ground being literally dry, the, 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 the sea becoming walls for them to go through, like a valley through that which had looked like death to them, that the cross it looked like death, it was death, but it was our Jesus becoming our door into eternal and abundant life, hallelujah. But look at this in verse 31 of Exodus 14, and Israel saw that great work. Do you know the story, the letter that we read to the Galatian church that Paul the apostle wrote that says, man, who's bewitched you? Why have you... Why have you are you found now not obeying the truth any longer? Why have you fallen from grace? Why, 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 don't you remember when I preached the gospel to you? It was as if Christ was crucified before your very eyes. They'd stop looking at their salvation. They'd stop looking at Jesus and what he did at Calvary. And when we do that, we're not experiencing the very place the Holy Spirit is delivering us unto always means always ways which is the death of Jesus the place that we died the place that we found him making us a new creation in him uh, uh, behold you got to be beholding Jesus as the lamb to know that all things passed away there and all things became new there that's why the words are given behold all things have passed away behold what are you beholding not just that all things were made old and now new you're beholding the lamb where all things 
passed away in him. Jesus became the end of all things that he once began, and he there also became the new and eternal beginning of all that God has or will ever do, all that's been of God. Everything that's only been of man's flesh, the curtain was pulled on that. At Calvary, the curtain was pulled on the devil. Glory be to God. You have to be beholding the Lamb to see that everything's passed away and now all things become new. Where? In Christ. Where? At Calvary. You have to be beholding the Lamb. Not just saying you're saved because the cross happened 2,000 years ago and you believed it 10 years ago, now you're saved. No, you've got to be denying yourself, taking up that cross to follow Jesus. And if you are, my friend, you're going to keep seeing that great work. The cross is not something that we just stop looking at, my friend friend. The Bible says that's what we got to be boasting in. The Bible says that we live by the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us. Galatians 2.20. Think about that. We're supposed to be striving for the faith of the gospel. Hallelujah. Philippians 1.27. It's because it's the faith of the gospel that's equated with the faith of the Son of God that we live by, who loved us and gave himself for us. So, so watch this. And Israel saw that great work. Are you still looking at the great work of Christ and him crucified, which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, which our Lord did upon the devil and all his armies, all those schemes, all the, the, all the plans of the enemy just came crashing down at Calvary, just like the Egyptian army, Pharaoh's army, not one of them was left. Hallelujah. The, we know Psalms 41.11 says that we know that we have the favor of God. We know that God has favored us because he's not allowed the enemy to triumph over us. Glory be to God. You need to look at that scripture. I believe it's Psalms 41 verse 11. We know that God has favored us because he has not allowed the enemy to triumph over us. So watch this. Israel saw that great work which the Lord did. They didn't do it. The Lord did upon the Egyptians and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. I, listen, Moses was a type of Christ. We believe in him. We believe in the Lord himself. And our hearts have this fear, but it's the fear of the Lord. It's not a fear after the flesh. If, it's, if we fear the Lord after the flesh, we're not, listen, we're not going to be experiencing him like we should and could be. Man, all these people who serve God after the, the letter of the law, that, that, that's, the, that's just fearing God. Listen, that fear, my friends, is removed by the love of God that was manifest on Calvary's tree in Christ Jesus, 1 John 4, 9 and 10. Fearing God after the flesh will get you in trouble. It, it, that fear will allow you to serve self 
by serving other gods. That fear, listen, that's what's in the church for the most part today. That's why it, the, the door's open to the purpose-driven life. Trust in that. God might deliver you through that. If he don't, well, try the walk of Emmaus. Maybe God will use that to deliver you. If that, well, go to one of those promise keepers. If that, well, if that don't work, then try this. or try. Ain't no trying, my friend. That's what fearing God after the flesh will get you. But if you're looking at what God, I said looking at what God did, partaking by faith of the one that God gave for you on Calvary's tree, hallelujah. If that's what you're looking at, then you're going to have the fear of the Lord at work in your heart and you're going to experience the benefits of the fear of the Lord that you can find all throughout the Bible. Because we saw in 2 Kings how the people of God had a fear toward God, but the fear they had of God, it wasn't really of God. They just feared God, but not to the degree that it would cause a hatred for evil in their hearts and we know that because they went and made men of the lowest degree. That When we read that, that means they, they it, listen, they were not of God. They were not of the house of Levi. They were not of the, uh, the, the only avenue of ministry, priesthood on the Old Covenant could be that of, of the Aaronic priest. They weren't that. And they built places in high places that was not of God. But the Bible says they, they feared God, but yet they lived disobedient lives. They feared God, but yet they offered their children on, on altars to false gods. You know, the Bible says, and I, I think it's Isaiah. Let's go look at it. I, I read it Wednesday night. Isaiah 64. Oh, where you at? Isaiah 64. Is it verse 4? Uh, yes, it is. Since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen any God beside you and what he has prepared for him that waits for him. This is the, this, I mean, the Lord just stirred my heart with this scripture right now because this is the, 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 the Spirit of God at work in your life will allow the, the fear of the Lord to be functioning in your life, the proper value of God's worth, which will cause you your hatred for evil to grow because your love for God and Christ and the truth that He is to you and His righteousness is to you will be growing. And the more you have a love for the truth and the righteousness of God, the more you're going to have a hatred for evil and the false way. And it's those who you hear speaking out, speaking up and speaking out. That's why Israel killed all the prophets because the prophets had the spirit of the fear of the Lord at work in their hearts, presenting truth, revelatory truth, revelation truth about a coming Savior. And that, that, that Israel, they feared God, but not enough to hate evil and to serve God and God alone, Jehovah alone. And, and when the prophets would speak up and speak out to, for the nation to repent, well, the nation would just kill them because they were in no way 
ready to, to just serve Jehovah and nobody but Jehovah through the promise of a coming of a Redeemer. You know, it's like today, people who would say, well, I serve the God of the Bible, but I also serve Buddha and, and Allah because, you know, I... If I, serve, if I serve them all, then surely I'll get one of them, whichever one's right, to, that, that, then I'll make it. And I'll, you know, listen, you're not going to make it anywhere except to the lake of fire if that's what you think. Because <coughs> to serve God, the God of the Bible, means you've got to renounce everything else. And in all reality, to serve any of those other satanic influences, which is all they are, derived through the hearts of unbelieving and unfaithful and lying men, that's all that. There are no other gods. There's only one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's only one true God. All the other gods have been derived in the hearts of unbelieving men, unsurrendering hearts to Jehovah and the promise of a Redeemer, Jesus Christ, through satanic influence and satanic power. All that is of Satan. All the false gods of the false nations Satan, Satan is behind all that, all of that. Islam, uh, Buddhism, uh, Confucius, uh, anything that's not the way of the cross of Christ is not of the one true God. And so, so I hope you understand a little bit better today, fearing God is one thing. That is, you, you have some value of God there. But... As we see in the scriptures, people who fear God can also fear other gods. So what we need is the fear of God, the fear of the Lord at work in our hearts, and that's the Holy Spirit. And listen, my friends, the Holy Spirit cannot begin a work in our hearts or be found working in our hearts unless our hearts are yielded to trusting in that which Christ Jesus, the Son of God, did to save us. And if we, like Israel, will continue to behold that salvation, then we will be found believing and walking after the Spirit and the fear of the Lord will be found increasing in our hearts. I told you it was going to be good. I told you it was going to be grand. And I hope that you've understood a little bit more of maybe what you've understood in the past. I, I hope this is, has allowed the Holy Spirit to stir your heart to, to cause you to at least press in to see more of this that you've heard today because I promise you if you do he'll show you more this teaching is not the end of it we, we listen there is no end of anything that you hear there's always more truth for your feet to be found in there's always more truth to be filling your heart there's always more truth and even the truth that we know there's more of those truths to, to fill our heart and for our feet to be found walking in with our Lord. Praise the Lord. It's been, a, it's been a wonderful, wonderful session. And I do pray the Lord fill your heart with all that He is to you, all that He desires to be 
for you and all that he is attempting to do through you. He does all that he does in, to, and through his people as he gets them to realize where he is pointing them to, where he's delivering them to, which is the death of Christ, 2 Corinthians 4.11. Because that is what he's working in us. Why? Because only out of the death of Jesus comes the new life of who he is and who we are as the new creation in him can be expressed. The new creation that we are in Christ is the only part of us that can express Christ. And he can only express Christ as our hearts are yielded to that saving grace that he tasted death by on Calvary's tree. If the Lord stirs your heart to pray for us, do it right now. Do it right now. And I pray for you too. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for those who heard this session, this teaching today, and I pray that you touch their hearts mightily. I pray for those that are struggling in their body today that even right now, at the hearing of the focus of the gospel of your Son, Father, that you would heal those who are sick in their body. Lord, that you would bind up those places that are sick and unhealthy. And I pray that you would restore the relationships that have been broken down just because of the flesh. And you would restore those after the Spirit. And I thank you today for this teaching. And I pray for a great impartation now into our hearts, your touch upon our body, soul, and spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If the Lord stirs your heart to be a part of this ministry in any other way, then you just follow his leading. If you desire to give an offering to him through this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. And don't forget about the ebook. Let's Talk About Righteousness, that you can download now from the website in the store. And, and, and also, everything we do here is uh, uploaded to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Please subscribe. We're not trying to get lots and lots of viewers to have numbers, but you'll be alerted when we do go live sometimes or upload something, as I did yesterday. I uploaded a new episode of Overflow, uh, and uh, it was part five, I believe, of uh, the series we're doing on Delivered Unto Death Always, and you will be blessed from that. And uh, we're just excited about what the Lord is doing here at Crossway Church and through this ministry in the lives of so many people, really all over the world. And there's always more to come. Amen? Always more to come. We also, just this week, went over 2,700 Bibles being shipped out to inmates, 10 per week. Ten expositor study Bibles. I'm talking about the big regular expositor study Bible, just like the one many of you have, to inmates across the land. Ten a week. And by the way, I saw Brother John Baker last night in uh, Texarkana, and uh, I reminded him 
that he he was the one that we mailed the very first Bible to back in 2014, and 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 I told him we just this week yesterday I took the ten Bibles and we went over 2,700. So again. Thank you so much for those of you who so specifically into that particular ministry to help us get a Bible, an expositor study Bible, into the hands of an inmate. And again, you can do that at 903-231-5950. Just text the word GIVE, like you were sending a text, to that number and one of the options will be Bibles to inmates and it takes $40 per Bible. I would ask you to pray about that. Pray about helping us reach and continue to reach more and more inmates with that particular study Bible. They love it. We love it. I believe it's the best Bible on the planet today because its focus in all the notes is the cross of Christ. Praise be to God. I love you. God bless you. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.